It's, I would consider it vegan comfort foods. You know, it's kind of brunchy, but then it's not. It's very customizable. So there's like vintage records and clothes and decor. So it's Bees Knees 1.0. It's Bees Knees 2.0, but it's really Bees Knees 3.0. A lot of people have said it's a, it's a vibe. Welcome back to Drop the Disc. Thank you so much for joining us today. For anyone that loves downtown, today is going to be a treat. We talked to Eric Kinlaw, the founder of one of the most iconic restaurants downtown, The Bee's Knees. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was like, well, you know, Augusta needs a, a cool place to, you know, hang out late, eat food, and, you know, have, have, a, have a good bar. We talk about how they made it through the turbulence to the restaurant industry that was COVID, it was like a whirlwind of like two years. And most importantly, what we can expect from the Bees Knees going forward after they've redone a few things. Well, it's the same name. It's the same heart, but it's totally different. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this episode of the Drop the Disc Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, the best thing that you can do for us is tell a friend. Tell a friend about the show and uh, help support our community events, which you can find on our Instagram page at Drop the Disc Pod. And speaking of Instagram, there's a page that you definitely need to follow, and it's the Downtown Augusta Broker for our friend and presenting sponsor, Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. Nancy, on this page, not only talks about the real estate deals that she's got going on, and you can see how quickly and effectively she's selling and helping people purchase properties, but she's also doing what she does best, and promoting things that are local and teaching you tips about your real estate game. So check her out at downtown Augusta broker on Instagram and at powellpropertypros.com. It's just another day on the road to be great. Got a list full of goals and so much on my plate. Another episode of my life to the date. Yeah, and I'm going to do it all with a smile on my face. In the land of the free, at yeah, the home of the brave. The only way you grow is if you learn from mistakes. And never stop the hustle, got to keep up the pace. I ain't got time to waste. I got moves I'm going to make. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the topic is. We going to talk about it on Drop the Disc. We can dive in on city politics. Or I can brag about my accomplishments If you hating on the city, it is not a fin Problem is that you're probably lacking common sense Augusta got so much talent that'll make it big And you gon' see in here first, don't drop the disc Ay. Learn a lot about the 706 About to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix, just drop the disc uh. Learn a lot about the 706 to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix, just drop the disc Just drop the disc Better drop the disc yeah. This intro is recorded by C-Lark C.L-A-R-K You can find him on any streaming platform Make sure you add him to your next playlist Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. We're Drop the Disc Podcast, and I'm sipping on a bourbon. Thank you, Zach McCabe from All Equal Parts. And, and so I'm is jealous. our guest. <laughs> uh, David still has to work tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, but today we are here with uh, Eric Kinlaw. And Eric, who, what, what are you? What do you do? I feel like you're a name that a lot of people may have heard, but a person that a lot of people may not have met. 
So right. I feel like this is a cool opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Been in, been in hiding for a while. I have three <laughs> kids, so that makes a difference. That's important. <laughs> so um, give us, yeah, like Chris said, give us like a 30-second, you know, what do you do in Augusta right now? Uh, I own the Bees Knees. I've owned several businesses. I've played in a ton of bands. Um, you know, music is my background, so I've been in the music scene since I moved here in 89. You got a beautiful voice for NPR. So you do. I hope that, okay. uh, you do. Okay. I, I hope that there's been some singing involved in that too. <laughs> I do sing. Yes. Yes. Called it. All right. Right on Boom. the nose. So, uh, Eric, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get kind of that personal background for you. Um, and so we kind of like to start with this very establishing question of, are you from Augusta? Not originally. No, I moved here in 89 when I was in 10th grade, but I'm from North Carolina. Okay. And I moved a lot when I was a kid. So I lived in, I was born in Fayetteville, but I lived on the coast and you know, in the middle of nowhere and then came here. Okay. So you came here in 10th grade. That's old enough where I feel like you can kind of remember maybe oh, yeah. how you felt when you moved here. So, yeah, I mean, clearly, <laughs> did you think this was going to be your last stop? No, no, not at all. I thought it was just another place to move to. What yeah. was your, uh, what was your impression when you got here? Um, you know, when I'm, was that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it was summer 89. Okay. Yeah. I'm I remember that. Yeah, of course you do. You, maybe you were born? <laughs> no. Nope. No, I didn't think so. I wasn't either. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> so, yeah, when I moved here, um, I immediately just, you know, gravitated towards the music scene. There was a really good music community at that time and immediately found those people. And, you know, that was um, a, a big part of my you know, growing up here and everything that I... Uh, you know, wanted, wanted to do musically was heavily inspired by moving here at that time. And was restaurant entrepreneur ever in your background? Uh, no, well, not at that time. Or no, something you had but, thought about? like. Well, I started waiting tables. Okay. You know, my first um, serving job was at Brandon Wild. Out in Columbia County. Non-traditional. Wow. Non-traditional yeah, start. it was pretty wild. And uh, <laughs> a friend of mine's dad worked there, so I got the job kind of. had to interview, but. And just for our listeners yeah. at home, Brandon Wild is the retirement homes. And that's out. Community. Off, massive. Yeah, it's, Community. Yeah, it's yeah. massive. Right across from Target. Yep. Um, and then I got a job at the Bowieville, as as everyone, you know, that has kind of a restaurant now passed through there. Uh, that was a big hub for people at the time. That was one of the first kind of the first modern restaurant. You're the downtown. first person to say that that's yeah. kind of a filter that everybody around yeah, here went through. Before. It's a pretty large one. Do yeah. you know of any other people? I mean, it sounds Sean like White worked there. Wow, no he kidding. never brought that up. He yeah. is. He yeah. owes us an explanation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he wants to forget it. I don't know. But it was that was a fun time and a, a quirky place to work at the time. You know, it was one of the handful of restaurants downtown. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, God, I can't even think who else really worked there, but quite a few you know, F and B restaurant tours. Mm -hmm. I'm curious when you, before we dive too deep, when, um, when you moved here initially, what were your first thoughts of Augusta area? Um, you know, I was so young, you know, yeah. I was, you know, I was 15 or something like that. So, you know, Augusta was downtown was kind of like ours cause nothing was down here. So there were a few punk clubs and we'd hang out and, you know, we would just, you know, explore anywhere we wanted to it was wild west and there <laughs> were like wild dogs running around the streets at that time and uh you know uh, the Riverwalk was being built the amphitheater was just being built that's and crazy to think about yeah, it was before river watch was even a thing so it wow. was just uh emerging and um 
you know, we could do anything. That's crazy how much change you've seen since oh. you've been here. And really, I Quite mean, in the grand scheme of things, 1989 is not that long ago. It's not. Were you, no. um, were you like, were you coming out and playing music and bands and venues and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, not right at that time. I kind of started playing in bands maybe like a year later okay. when I moved here because I played saxophone and then I picked up the bass and, you know, started, you know, punk punk bands and rock bands and weird bands and, you know, we saxophone played, to a punk band. Yeah, huh? we played it. Yeah, different different <laughs> venues um, around practice spaces downtown, like mm-hmm. on Eighth Street. Eighth Street was a hub for artists. Um, in the Johnson Building upstairs, there were artist studios, and then downstairs were clubs or practice spaces. Wow, that's so crazy yeah. to think about. And there were some cool coffee shops that emerged, and Ray Gun, a skate shop that Coco was a part of, mm-hmm. and just you know little things like every year and a half two years a new thing kind of closed and a new thing popped up got it so that was the the really the early 90s that we're kind of talking about now right what was so you said you were kind of you you know you were you were working at bull weevil you were working at b you were playing some music um you graduate high school did you go to college here uh yeah 92 i graduated from west side okay. uh, i went to athens for a year uga i was a music major um, came back here cause the hope scholarship really didn't exist at that time. Um, so I, you know, didn't, I couldn't afford Athens. So came back here to, um, Augusta college at mm-hmm. the time Went a year took a year off to play in Snapdragon and then continued my education and got a, my music degree. We got to talk about Snapdragon. If you, yeah. If you took a year <laughs> off to play, you got to tell us about <laughs> we it. We got to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I played guitar for, for Tara and Snapdragon. I, I almost, I taught myself how to play guitar so I could play in her band. Um, so I've heard of Snapdragon so. through, really honestly, Coco. Right. But give us a little feedback, a little background for the people that may not have. Um, uh, Tara um, Shire, at the time Tara Van Devender. Mm-hmm. Snapdragon was her band. She moved from Mississippi because of um, Coco's brother, DDA, who was living here, mm-hmm. who, who was her bass player. And her drummer was here too, Dave Swanigan, great artist. And, yeah, she just kind of stumbled into Augusta and needed a band, and I was friends, and, you know, we just made it happen and did some tours and recording in Miami, and it was like a whirlwind of, like, two years. It was. It Can was people cool. find Snapdragon music if they search for it on, like, Apple or Spotify? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. I think she put it out there, an album album called Watermelon Sugar. You can, we have, like, a video we did, too, a professional video that's Harry on, Styles has on YouTube. Money. What's yeah, that? Harry Styles says you some money. Oh, I was out. He's got that song "Watermelon Sugar." Watermelon Sugar? That's, yeah, that's her album title. <laughs> <laughs> he owes Tara, I guess. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that that was a cool, fun time. You know, we were signed to a record label in Miami. That's so crazy. And um, where'd y'all tour? What kind of places did y'all y'all um, go? We played, God, just kind of in this area, like Greenwood, and did like a tour all the way down to New Orleans and uh, Mississippi. Um, and back and yeah, we played in North Carolina and Charlotte. I uh, definitely hear a little bit at the time, like channel Z was the radio station and we did like a sh- music showcase that they put on. That was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Re- weird whirlwind Columbia. Yeah. Definitely played regionally too. Okay. Yeah. That's really Southeast. cool. That's crazy. And yeah, then you yeah, just went, cool. you went back to school after a year. Yes. Yeah, went back to school, and the band kind of fizzled a little bit, and she got different musicians to kind of continue it, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't a part of it. And I started another band called Death Star, 
It was kind of my band <laughs> That's awesome. with uh, Jason Rubio, um, initially with DDA, and another guy, Erman, this really great local musician. He was in a cool band called Blah. And we used to practice in Knuckle Sa- what's, what is now Knuckle Sandwiches. No kidding. That was a, a, yeah, a practice space. And then Soul Bar opened in 95, and mm-hmm. you know, we were the first band to play in 96 at Soul Bar. That's so cool. We're getting a lot of hidden, this hidden cool. yeah, secret gems right now. We from actually do Eric. episodes for music. This is not one of those, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like we're gonna get a <laughs> we lot. We could of do that. a separate one. <laughs> we're gonna get a lot That's, of that here. The music, That's uh, awesome. The music history in Augusta is way deeper than people realize. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And and honestly, if uh, you mentioned to us before we started recording that you came on uh, Coco Rubio's show, Alma Presents. So okay. anybody that's that really wants to hear more about music history, that's a great show for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we touched on a lot of good stuff. Um, so so back to you though, which is the you know the important thing here. So you left that band. You you ended up you started your own. Mm-hmm. Did you finish uh, your degree? Yeah, I did in '98. Took me six years, you know, with a oh, year off. Like hey, it took yeah. me five years. So yeah. music degree, you have to take a billion classes. Yeah. So I miss it. My sister's taking 12 classes right now. She's getting yeah. a music degree. Yeah, yeah. That's what you had to do. So that's still a thing in case uh-huh. you're worried. Yeah. No, I figured it's it's still that way. So yeah, I graduated in 98 doing that. Um, what was your plan with it? I, I thought I was going to be a musician. You know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to. So you were doing the degree really just to get better at playing music so that you could tour, join bands, that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah, I was going to move to New York and play jazz. That was kind of my thing at the time. Um, that didn't happen. Kind of, you know, stayed here. Ended up opening the Bees Knees 1.0 um, the summer that I graduated. Um, really? Yes. Just some friends and uh, friends and I took a, a a thrifting tour and a trailer through South Carolina, North Carolina, and back, and went to a ton of thrift stores. And I packed a trailer full of vintage items, you know, clothes and furniture and decor, and and opened up the Bees Knees Vintage which was the first iteration. So on originally it was like a thrift store? Yeah, it was a vintage record clothing furniture store. And yeah, no what, food element. At just, the time. just for everybody out there and myself, what <laughs> year was that? That was 98. 98. In, in that Nin- same location? No, 6th Street, where the DTEMS building is. Okay. Okay. Um, right by um, us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, near Hildebrandt's, kind of a yeah, across yeah. Ellis. Um, yep. I lived there um, two years before. That was like a recording studio. There was mm-hmm. a gallery there called ergo some um next to it and i rented the space uh from the artists that owned the building and uh yeah we had a recording studio for death star and various other things and it was a really cool gallery space and the next door was kind of abandoned and i renovated it to open up the bees knees vintage i feel like this is kind of weird for people listening because you're describing like the the happening area of downtown as like sixth to ninth street. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, now (laughs) it's starting to happen again, but only very recently. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's competing really with 12th through 10th street, right. Which is really where people go. So it's, it's cool to kind of hear about this area that we're sitting in right now being active and people playing music and recording and Mm -hmm. opening Mm -hmm. businesses. So Mm -hmm. you open the 1.0 in 98 how did that go? Did did you like owning a vintage thrift store? Yeah, it was fun. It was. Um, it sounds kind of fun. You know, I taught myself everything. I taught myself accounting and you know how to how to build things. Got and, a business degree and how to design it. Yeah, uh, yes, I got a business <laughs> degree on the side. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a psychology music degree and then I created a business. So there you go. Just you know, there was you know not much to do in Augusta at that time, so it was just you know wide open. So 
uh, you know, I was able to think about a lot of things. And I traveled in the late 90s, mid 90s, you know, going to New York and San Francisco and Seattle, Mm -hmm. you know, fortunate to be able to do that. And that inspired me to do things here. Very cool. Stick around. We'll be back with more of one of Augusta's most long tenured business owners, Eric Kinlaw on the Drop the Disc podcast. I want to do a quick shout out real quick to everybody that showed up um, to the brewery this past weekend for the Savannah River Brewery slash Drop the Disc Brew Off. Is my pleasure to say that uh, the Fruity Loopy Sour did end up winning the entire vote, but I'm going to be honest, it was a tough vote because both beers were in season and they were both very good. But I'm here to tell you that they are not done yet. They still have some more kegs for you to try. So if you were out of town for some football or if you were just not feeling it because of the weather, check them out at Savannah River Brewing Company. Go to the tap room and just ask if you can try the Drop the Disc beers. And then go ahead and get yourself a couple pints. Enjoy. See you at the brewery. Have fun. So you opened that location. How long was it open? Um, Under two years. Not very long, you know. I was I was young and didn't know what what I wanted to do and <laughs> you know and, and it was it was semi well received a lot of people you know at the time it was there's no social media so it was hard to kind of get people right. to know what was going on but mm-hmm. um s- yeah actually I, I got kicked out because um, D Thames Peter Knox and crew opened up the restaurant so they sold the building I had to leave got so it. that's that's really the reason why I closed it because I couldn't it. stay there anymore was your goal to open a second one at that point. No, because I was teaching music lessons and wanted to do music more, you know, focus on that primarily. You know, I think it's very interesting that it was called Bees Knees Vintage because when people... Bees Knees Curios. The Bees Knees Curios. Bees Knees Curios? I like that. People today, when they think Bees Knees, they think of tapas. Right. It's just crazy because you would never... You know, uh, Jim Christian over at Savannah River Brewing Company, he will talk about it as the antiques place or the, or the thrift shop. And that, that we're like, what are you talking? About? I didn't know what he was talking about. And now I understand it. Right. Yeah. Most people don't know. So, so where name? did, where did bees knees come <laughs> Thank from? Thank you. Yep. Um, I mean the bees knees, that's, that's so smart, but yeah. Why? Well, um, it's an ex- expression that I kind of heard around that time. And, um, like my that's 20, the bees knees yeah, kind of thing. Right. For my 21st birthday, Coco Rubio gave me a birthday card that said, you're the bee's knees. It was actually a line and a lyric to a Smith song called Reel Around the Fountain that he liked. And he just wrote that in there. And that was my birthday card. And that just phrase stuck with me. And so I had to use it. Wow. So thank you, Coco Rubio. (laughs) He's he's kind of the glue. Yeah. (laughs) He he made a, that's crazy. It is crazy. Hey, if anybody is getting anything from this episode, your words matter in birthday cards. They they do. Yes. And everything is connected, apparently. Yes. It is. Yes. So things things matter. I guess we're at the early 2000s now. Mm -hmm. Knees Curio, no longer open. You're kind of giving music lessons. Were you playing in bands? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was still playing with Death Star. And uh, I don't know if I was playing with any other bands at the time. I was recording bands and, you know. Just a variety. Of I don't want to go on a tangent, but yeah. what kind of music, what genre was Death Star? That's a good question. Um, not yeah, experimental indie rock. Okay. Kind okay. of a fusion of like Sonic Youth and Yola Tango and yep. Stereo Lab. Just things in the late 90s that we liked. Um, Super Chunk. Okay. Um, we're actually playing uh, uh, soon in October for Soulbar's 27th year anniversary. At Soulbar? At Soulbar. What's the date? It's the, l- the Tuesday before Halloween. Whatever okay. that is. We're playing with 5-8 from Athens. 
the band we've kind of always played with over the years. So that'll be a, a reunion show. We've and done where is that again? At the Soul Bar. Yes. So that so. Uh, sounds like October 25th? Correct. Got it. Yes. Yeah, we'll play that night for their 27-year anniversary week. Um, we've done that many times over the years. So it'll be fun. They're probably a familiar venue for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started live music at Soul Bar. I was the first live, you know. The, actually, the first live show was a jazz group I had. We played um, New Year's Eve before Disco Hell. That was the first live music Solbar had. And then like a couple months later, Death Star played. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess my question is, it seems like you were enjoying music so much. Who convinced you to open a restaurant? Um, You know, just there was this a bu- building that was boarded up on 10th Street that I thought was cool. And nothing was going on at that time. Solbar had been open since 95. Nachos, 96. So, you know, early 2000s, not that much going on. There were a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, you know, Augusta needs a, a cool place to, you know, hang out late, eat food, and, you know, have, have, a, have a good bar. And that was the initial inception. That was the concept, yeah. kind yeah, of. Yeah, I guess after 9-11, it was like, you know, what are we going to do kind of scenario. And that kind of in, just inspired to like, well, let's do something. So... You know, that fall after 9-11, had the idea, got the space, convinced the landlord to renovate the building <laughs> um, to to house us, and then, like, three apartments upstairs, and then another, you know, potential business in the back. And that just was the catalyst. And it just kind of happened. I just wanted to, you know, kind of a cool place to hang out that didn't exist. And at that time, it was cheap to do things. I did the bee's knees on a shoestring budget. Wow. And I borrowed money on my grandmother's house in North Carolina. It was like thirty-five grand. It was nothing. That's pretty crazy <coughs> to open a restaurant. To hear about somebody opening a you restaurant, you can't do like that. You can't even buy a hood vent for thirty-five thousand. <laughs> no, so you know, Don't remind us. true DIY. Just did everything myself as much as I could and pinched every penny I could and just made it happen. So DIY even to the menu, or did you bring in somebody to help curate oh, the no. menu, or you no. did all that yourself? Well, um, my partner and I at the time, uh, my ex-wife, um, she was the chef basically. Okay, she she knew how to cook. I knew what, you know, I liked to eat. <laughs> and, you know, we would, you know, explore and go to different places. You know, uh, we met in 2000. So we opened the Bees Knees in 02. So those two years were just kind of exploratory years where we just liked, oh, we like this food item from here and food item from there. And had a um, a dinner party with a friend, and they made pad thai for us for the first time, and that was you know one of the ten dishes to start. So you know, just absorbed our surroundings and created something out of nothing. How would you have described it, like day one? Day one, ah, uh, oh, just the the vibe, just the restaurant, the just vibe, the, the food, yeah. Well, I mean, it was um. It wasn't fully conceptualized, but pretty close. You know, we wanted like a kind of old world place, you know, that would be somewhere in Europe, you know, Got and it. you wouldn't feel like you were in Augusta. And that's what it was. So you know. it was always tapas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that was a new concept too. It was that probably the first <coughs> in Augusta. I definitely. I, I, yeah. Yeah. For definitely. sure. Uh, just, I had taken trips out to like Portland and I f- there was this cool place in this basement that had tapas and it had real low lighting and it was a big inspiration. Like a few trips that I did in like 99 time frame. Okay. 
and just kind of held on to that kind of style. And yeah. When, because it was so new to the area, tapas is a, people that aren't used to tapas think that you're stealing money, you know, because of the portions and you're having to get a bunch of different things to share. So Mm -hmm. initially when you started, was that a struggle or did people buy in because it was a local restaurant that is doing something different and investing in the community? Um, Massive struggle. Okay. (laughs) Nobody knew what. Is it this? No. (laughs) Nobody knew what tapas even was. They're like appetizers. Appetizers. I I didn't know what tapas was till like five years ago. I did not know what tapas was until the bee's knees when I went. And and that's that's just me being a well traveled person that still just couldn't go to these restaurants. You know. I mean, it was just one of those things, and I loved it though. Yeah. The portion size was great though it was a southern style portion style yeah ours were larger than typical traditional tapas for sure yeah so that that was key that was kind of accidental really but it kind of played in to our favor i think and we only started with 10 items the initial offering and you said it was you said it was tough going yeah yeah because it was all you know it was vegetarian with a little bit of seafood and that was a whole nother layer and we added so like, you're like, how difficult we can we make later, this for ourselves? You're being very progressive v- very. at the time. Yeah, yeah. And we had a good good bar at the time that, you know, most pl- places weren't doing cocktails, like, you know, cra- what you would consider craft cocktails. And we were definitely one of the first to do that. And a broad wine selection and interesting, yeah. you know, when, when the beer laws changed, you know, I can't remember what year that was, but that, you know, um, it took a while for Georgia to get high gravity beers. So you could only get like Stella and Hogarden. You know? Right. <laughs> that was it. That was exotic. Um, so, you know, we were one of the first to get craft beers and things like that. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Eric Kinlaw right after this. If you're a listener of the show, you may have heard us talk about the clubhouse before the clubhouse is Augusta's nonprofit innovation center located right inside the Georgia cyber center off Reynolds street downtown. The clubhouse is really active in our community. They have uh, places for people to work that where you can get a chair for less than $50 a month with access to a conference room and a desk. If you have a small business, they have a make startups program. And if you're looking for a career in technology, they can help train you with their coding boot camp. But if you're just a normal member of society, they also have cool stuff for you. In fact, they have a great event called beer and bites once a month where people can go and it's exactly what it sounds like. They have beer, they have some snacks And it's a great networking opportunity for members of the community. It's absolutely free. And if you want to learn more about this, check them out at Innovate Augusta and check them out online at theclubhow.se. And uh, you'll probably see Chris and me there. So we're kind of in the early 2000s right now. Mm -hmm. What was the next kind of major development for you? Hmm. Um, With the bee's knees, we were able to kind of get the the side room and expand mm-hmm. in like 06 time frame when my first kid was born. And did you, so we did made it a little you, larger. Did you buy that building or? Eventually I did. Event, yeah. Okay. In 17. Okay. So we're not there yet. No, I apologize. Not, not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long history. It's, tw- it's been 20 years just since the. By the way, congratulations. Deployment. Seriously. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big huge deal. thing. It's a big yeah, deal. Thank you. So thank in, you. in 2006, you expanded to that second, yep. that second space. Yep. And that made a huge difference. I can't even imagine the space without it. It was so tiny. You know, it was just a handful of tables, uh, <laughs> I don't know, 14 tables and outside. So it was very tiny. We were just, you know, growing and needed the space. And that that, that made all the difference in, in that mid-2000s. <laughs> I do want to ask, 
the downtown uh, culture right now is you're closed on Mondays and you're open Tuesday through Sunday. Some of them, mm-hmm. most of them, most yeah. of them. Yeah. I was walking around looking for a place to get food yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday being Monday. If anybody doesn't know what it was, uh, had a hard time. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm curious back then, mm-hmm. I, and I don't mean to say that back then, back but then in, in the 2000s, <laughs> uh, what were the times that people were open? I mean, was Bull mm-hmm. Weevil the, uh, the restaurant that people modeled the time opens for? Yeah, it was fragmented for sure. Um, I think Bolivar was open seven days a week. Uh, Bees News was only Tuesday through Saturday. Okay, okay. so in, not in much beginning. has changed. Yeah, Sundays okay. and Mondays we were closed. Not much has changed, yeah. Okay. We're open on Mondays now. It's actually a good day um, and have been for a while. Now you know people go Mondays. Yes. <laughs> We're actually going to open Tuesday soon, too, so it'll be seven days again. Um, yeah, I don't know why people don't want to open on Mondays because it's like a, you know. It's, it's a, the beginning it's a of the week. Day, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of business. Everybody wants town. a reason to have a lun- longer lunch break yeah. or go out for drinks after work. Yeah. On Monday, especially. Yeah. 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 Sundays, I'm surprised people aren't open on Sundays. But, you know, right now with, co- with the post-COVID, it's just staffing. It's right. Just, it's difficult. 100%. Yeah. That's the biggest reason. Because, honestly, Augusta is a Friday, Saturday town. It's a weekend mm. town. Yeah, for it's sure. It's hard to during the week. I wish more people came down here during the week and hung out. Maybe because there's not places open. It's kind of confusing. Right. But yeah, there are things to do. So I guess we're back to the expansion point. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm not wrong, I guess the next big change for you would have been opening the hive. Yeah, well that happened in thirteen. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Was it thirteen or was it fifteen? No, fifteen. Okay. Twenty fifteen. When my twins were born. <laughs> wow, great timing on you. Yeah, a lot of things based around kids being born. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, uh, downtown really kind of grew sporadically over those times. Like mm-hmm. in 08 was the financial crisis, you know. Right. So that was a weird dip, but mm-hmm. uh, an expansion time too. And then uh, there was another expansion in like 11 to 13. Mm-hmm. A lot of new places kind of opened up um, <clears throat> that are kind of still here now. I would say that's kind of the 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 most recent phase. Yeah, that was like Soleil it's and that kind of group of restaurants. No, it was after that. Um, Craft and Vine opened at that time, yep. and um, Soleil was maybe 15 or so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess similar in that time frame. So yeah, I guess we're we're in a new phase now post-COVID, but the last phase was that one. So and the Hive opened in 15. What was the, I mean, I know the Hive is, is no longer open, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that too, um, but what was the concept? I mean, it was it was a cool spot, you kind of go in there for anybody that hasn't been there. It kind of looks like a beehive and, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. could kind of walk back and forth from the restaurants. So uh, what, what was the concept? It was like, hey, I have twins. I need to open a, mm. another restaurant. Basically, yes, to pay for <laughs> three children. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that was the idea. Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, but no, I just wanted like a cool, you know, craft beer bar. There really wasn't one at that time. And I tried for a few years and just couldn't do it for various reasons, having having kids and I should have done it a little sooner, but it just didn't work out. And that space became available, so it was a no-brainer to use it next to the bee's knees. And it was like a 78 tap room, basically, with, like, you know, pub food. Okay. So It was a very cool concept. Yeah. As a craft beer connoisseur, I loved it. You got, you walked in, and you saw the screens with what, how much beer was left. Yeah. Uh, A concept that I hadn't seen anywhere um, except maybe Asheville. Right. And it was a very, I mean, yeah, tons of beers by. to try from. And, I, you know, we had Manny on a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
off the air, he talked about how much it costs to keep all those beers on tap. Mm-hmm. And sounds like it was not it, easy. It was not easy. There's no way that was no, easy. But that fridge no. itself had to cost a fortune. Yeah, uh, Twenty five grand just for the cooler. You know, much <laughs> much. Could start another bee's knees. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> much less thousand. The, you know, the beer you have to buy to fill it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. seventy eight kegs plus, um, and then all you know, just the maintenance and cleaning, and it was an undertaking. Oh, I'm sure, but yeah. still very, very cool concept. And did yeah. you buy that building as well? Um, yes, the building that the bee's knees and Manny's is currently in. I, I was able to buy in seventeen. There's three apartments above it as well. Mm-hmm. Ninety five hundred square feet. So thankfully, I was able to to buy that after begging for 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's cool, though, that like one of the hits, one of the bad raps that downtown gets is people sit on their buildings. If they're not doing anything in it, nobody is. Or if you're not Mm going to pay me three times what I bought for it, even though I'm not going to renovate it, I'm not going to sell it kind of a thing. I think it's cool, not only that you were able to buy those, which with that context is a pretty big deal, Mm -hmm. but that... As soon as the hive closed, you basically supported another business coming in, helped them, you know, get that mural put out front, helped them design everything. So it's cool to see, I guess, uh, building owners actually helping like grow business in that area. Yeah, I wish there were more people doing that. I wish the same. Yeah, because um, there's too many vacant buildings, um, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, too many absentee landlords, mm-hmm. you know. No accountability. We could go on and on. Right. Um, I hope it changes. So I guess my next question would be, what do you make of what 10th Street is becoming now? Um, it's exploded now. It's <laughs> kind of crazy to have six businesses right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're like at the center yeah. of this massive explosion of businesses. Yeah. Yeah. 10th Street's always been kind of a heart. You know, it kind of shifted to 12th for a little while, but it's back 10th now mm-hmm. for sure. And it's nice to see it, you know, fully actualized. Um, so I just hope that keeps expanding. The question is, when are you going to strand the uh, the outdoor lighting across that street? Because <laughs> oh, that is literally where people are going to be and are. Well, Friday, I've, Saturday, even Thursday nights. we got to get open container on that Yeah, street. if I could have a wish, it should just, 10th Street between <laughs> Brown and Ellis should be a green space. There yes. should be no, no cars and it's a green space with, you know, just I love people that. hanging out and you know it's not really used for anything important so I hope I hope someone listens to this and, can, and makes it happen for the one person here <laughs> that can do something about <laughs> this please do it <laughs> <laughs> don't go anywhere we'll be back to drop the disc and talk about the current state of bees knees right after this and by this I mean I'm so excited to continue to talk about our Augusta Rocks Rock Fest which is coming October 8th to the Second City Distillery Market Area right outside on the brick. It's our first family-friendly festival-style concert. We are so excited. It's going to be free admission. We've got food trucks, vendors, VIP will be available, which will be catered at no extra charge. It's going to be standing room, so bring some chairs if you have them. And we're also going to have Buzzworthy Bubbles out there selling alcohol as well as the Second City specials and classics. So make sure you make it out on October 8th. We've got an incredible lineup. You can find all the information on our social media at Drop the Disc Pod. And we hope to see you there raising money for the Salvation Army Center of Hope. 
So let's transition. Let's talk about kind of things today, yeah. what the bee's knees is today. Um, and unfortunately, where we have to start here is COVID. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. we don't love having to bring it up, but I mean, for you as a building owner and as a restaurant owner downtown, yeah. I mean, COVID had, and, and just buying the building a few years before probably started to feel like I would think a good decision at that point, as opposed to having to pay rent. But then you're also kind of locked into the space. Right. How, I mean, how, COVID was very difficult for businesses. What are some things that you guys were able to do that, or, you know, the community was able to do that you feel like helped get you through it? Well, to be honest, it was a struggle for us. You know, we took we took COVID seriously and, you know, everything that was happening at that time, you know, we, we shut down for a while, went to yeah. curbside only. And you guys were doing food at the brewery as well for a little uh, while. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We, we, were, we were cooking um, there. Actually, that was before COVID. That stopped. We cooked a lot before COVID. Got it. With the hive. Um, but that all kind of stopped. You know, everything came to a halt. Definitely a, a a strange time that I'm still processing. No kidding. You know, it made me reevaluate my entire existence. You know, I would say. Luckily, I own the building, so I'm still here. If I didn't own, own the building, probably definitely would not be here. Really? Definitely not. No, I think it, that's it, big it to hear, though. Been, I mean, for all these restaurants that yeah. are struggling, like, they weren't alone. No, no, it's it's still a struggle. There, I mean, some places are doing fine, but there's, there's still massive struggle. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, that was a time I reevaluated, like I said, my existence, like every, what was important to me, what did I want to do? Um, so now, you know, I've changed the bees significantly, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hobbled along in that time, you know, doing curbside and, you know, finally started doing like in service dining, I think in maybe October of 2020. And then in November, everything fell apart. I got covid you know, it just was too much, and it just didn't really make sense. We were not making the money we needed to support the employees that I had, and so I shut I shut everything down in December, and then that had to be a really hard decision to make. It was very hard, yeah, yeah. It was very hard, um, but at that time, that was just the best option. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't even know what I was going to do. I was going to go to school for you know, UX, UI or something like that. And just kind of was going to reevaluate everything. And, and then a a few months later, I guess in February 21, I'm like, I guess I got to do this again, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Mm. So uh, that's why I changed everything. And when you say the way you wanted to do it, was that because things over time had taken a shift from what you originally wanted or things you've learned in the past Mm. with your experience and wanted to do it this way moving forward? Um, really it was like a a personal philosophical choice. Okay. To be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the way the, the restaurant was running before COVID and, you know, into COVID, I just didn't have any joy in it. Mm. Um, I didn't want to do it that way. It's like a job. Yeah, it was just a grind. Right. Know, and it was not fun at all. Um, you know, it, now we're, you know, we're primarily vegan with some vegetarian things. I did not want to support the meat industry. I didn't want to have a full service restaurant having to rely on so many employees, which, you know, I loved employing so many people, but it's a struggle. It's like, it's the most difficult thing for any business, I right. think, to mm-hmm. have to deal with, especially F&B, yeah. food and beverage it's problem number one. 
it's just constantly evolving and changing. So that was just a struggle. So I want to do something that was more manageable, something primarily daytime. Yeah. So tell us about the new concept. I mean, as yeah. if we've never seen it, never been there, never right. walked past it even. You what, know, give us kind of the yeah. the 10,000 foot. What were the changes you made? Why did you make right. them? What can people expect today? Well, it's the same name. It's the same heart, but it's totally different um, <laughs> food-wise. Different veins. Yes. Um, you know, now it's, like I said, primarily vegan and vegetarian. It's I would consider it vegan comfort foods. Mm. You know, it's kind of brunchy. But then it's not. It's very customizable. Yeah, because you guys have the hot donuts people come in there too every now yeah. and then. Yeah, and they're vegan you right. know, business as well. And they come every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Love you Jeremy know. and Cara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good they people. Do incredible people. Yeah. Incredible things. Cool I- donuts. Cool idea. Executed <laughs> <Yes>. well. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's coffee-based, but also have elements of things I did initially. So there's like vintage records and clothes and decor. So it's bees knees 1.0 it's bees knees 2.0 but it's really bees knees 3.0 that's so cool i'm just so i'm gonna say version. that's awesome <laughs> that is really i cool. love it yeah <laughs> um the name trips people up because people come in all the time expecting chicken and waffles and right. pad thai so it's a struggle to get people to kind of like be okay with that and i get it you know people have you know for for, in, for any business to be open 20 years is that is incredible for right. a restaurant to be open 20 years is unheard of. Mm. So, you know, I'm, yeah. su- I'm surprised we made it that long um, for, a lo- for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I'm sure other people are too, but it just worked the way it worked. Um, There's a lot of heart in it. So, you know, you do things that you feel good about people respond. Um, so the name's tripping people up now and just trying to get people to kind of, you know, give us a chance and kind of just re rethink it. It's definitely different but it's just as cool. The one thing that I've, I, I've <laughs> noticed about the people that are bees knees fans is that they're bees knees fans. Like mm. they're all about it. What do you think it is that kind of, uh, that kind of makes people that way? Um, I guess for a, a modern terminology that a lot of people have said, it's a, it's a vibe. It is you a know? vibe. There's just a, a feeling mm-hmm. as soon as you step in that, you know, is new and familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just it's indie rock. Yeah, it's definitely indie rock. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely indie rock, and that's that's definitely me. So, um, yeah, it's it's DIY. It's do it yourself. Um, it's you know, I've I've never had any investors or anybody telling me what to do or answering to anyone. It's just like what I like. So um, people seem to respond to that, and I think that's the number one comment. Is just it just feels good. And it's also the time that we're in. I mean, we are in social media. Everybody mm-hmm. has their, they're able to vocalize how they feel and whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, the timing for this is perfect mm-hmm. for to do what I want to do. Yeah. And people respect that. Yeah. I yeah. think authenticity. Yeah. yeah that's, that's authenticity the is there. the word. Right. For sure. 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 Yeah. The people that get that definitely respond to that. A lot of people are still confused and upset. <laughs> and, and, and I apologize. I do profusely. miss Pad Thai. Yes. I do. But I still respect the hell out of what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. We, we did pop-ups with it for a little while where yeah. we did special nights. Um, but it just, I don't know. There's just such a flood of information. Pe- right. Know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. I still have all the recipes. So I can uh, still do I it. do want to know and, who did your logo. Because it is uh, a really, hmm. really good logo. And is, has it stayed the same the whole time? 
Um, yeah, yeah, from the beginning. I guess so uh, awesome. if you tell me Coco I'll, did it, the episode's no, 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 over no. now. <laughs> I, I might get in trouble for this, but I'm gonna tell you because we're here. Um early internet, you know, Wild West, right? You could you could find images. <laughs> I love where this is going. <laughs> you know, you could find images and who knows who did those images? You know, it was it was, it was stock. Yeah, it was I guess it was stock. I just searched like Deco Lady or something like that. Because I loved Art Deco and Art yeah. Deco is definitely the inspiration for everything. Spanish right. Art Deco in particular for okay. the first one because there's different Deco styles in different countries. Um, Asian Art Deco too is really cool. I found some cool books back I've in the... I've never seen Asian Art Deco. I have some cool books I'll, I can let you check out if you're interested that I found in the mid-90s. It'll cost you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, just I just found this image that looked cool, and you know I knew very basic Photoshop skills at the time, and just you know incorporated it. And I've had it redone a few times and recolorized. And right, we kind of have a little newer one, a newer logo that's just as cool that I found a long time ago that was used in some menu panels back in the day. But yeah, so you just did it so yourself. I, I, I stole it. I mean, yeah, but then <laughs> you did it yourself. <laughs> and then I did it myself. That's I'm, I'm really, made, that's I'm really cool. Made it my own. And that's a cool yeah. theme here is that it seems like everything that you've really done. DIY. You've really been definitely. the one that's put it together one way or the other. Most definitely. That's pretty cool. For the most part. My partner at the time, I mean, she, uh, Christy, mm -hmm. she definitely, you know, did all the, the food and um, things like that. But like design was, I guess, mostly me. Shares, so shares is the menu now, presently, you? I mean, is, is um, it something you've put together or did you have a group my, of people? Well, my general manager and I, who was my chef before COVID, I had hired him just a few months before COVID. John <sighs> Porter, very talented guy. Oh, great guy. Great yeah. guy. We, we used y'all for our Augusta Neat stuff mm. when we, and y'all yeah, had the right. containers for charcuterie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, John's been great. So he's my right hand man now. And he's definitely the chef, you know, I, I'm, I, you're the taster. I'm the taster. Exactly. Yes. It's a good, it's a good I, job. I taste things. I'm like, yeah, that's, that'll pass, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. And the concept, you know, I just, I'd kind of had this idea for like cool biscuits and now it's expanded to like biscuits, burritos, grip bowls, hash bowls. It's like mm. customizable. So, you know, a little of inspiration from old bees too. Like we still have like kind of spicy tempeh and, you know, the gravy we used on some things. So it's, it's a, it's a, you know, took everything apart, put it back together kind of I think that's thing. a cool direction. Mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely not enough, like, breakfast downtown. I know. So I think no, knowing no. that is, is important, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a good brunch, you know, everyday brunch. Yep. We hope to expand into a night thing with um, probably next year. Okay. Um, probably not this year. We were on the fence about doing it soon, but we have, like, a whole new tapas menu that, you know, we want to, working on. to launch. Yeah, I mean it's it's done. It's just timing and and you have no and worries about foot traffic on that street. Yeah, you're, it's, it's you're central. Solid. Yeah, I mean it's where Manny's is, Taco Cat and yeah, pineapple, uh, phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal, yeah, everything. Yeah. And yeah. even even Shashir's still got his yeah, place Tire over City. there too. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's the six on the block, and yeah, cool little area around the corner from Nachos and Soul Bar, yep. and mm -hmm. you know so many other places. So um, I guess this brings us to the opportunity. We've kind of talked about the restaurant. Um, you guys uh, have an event coming up. Yes, we do. Early October, uh, our 10th Street Bazaar or Bizarre 
<laughs> trying to figure out the exact Ooh, name. I like Bizarre. But 10th Street Bizarre. B- it might be Bizarre. I don't, it I don't could be just a big bad, B like and then yeah. Zar. Maybe. And so people just say Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it's a little cheesy. I don't know. It's a little yeah, bizarre. We'll <laughs> it's, I like the word Bizarre. So 10th yeah. Street Bizarre is what we're calling it. And yeah, we're bringing together all the businesses on 10th Street, uh, all the restaurants. It's a lot of businesses. Entire city. Yeah, six yeah. total. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're just waiting on approval from the city Kay. to you know announce it and... Hopefully everything will run smooth, and it'll be a Saturday, I think, 11 to 7, uh, with, um, you know, street vendors, and um, all the restaurants will be cooking on the street and selling um, live performances of various things. Will you be uh, performing? I, I hope so. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm going to consider it. I need to finalize the lineup. But some DJs and performers, and like Jesse Norman a few blocks away, they're going to let us bar their stage, and they might perform. That's awesome. So definitely... Um, you know, collaborative, you know, festival. Love That's that. awesome. Is yeah. this the first time you've done something like that? No, we've done it on 10th Street several times, you know, with First Friday's Coco and I. Ah, uh, with First Friday. Yeah, have Got done yeah. Um, music events on the street, uh, skateboard demonstrations, you know. Is whole, this going to be a First Friday? Room. No, it's a Saturday. It's a first Saturday. I guess first Saturday. Okay. Yeah, it's a first Saturday. Yeah. We thought a Saturday would be better. Yes, yeah. with um, eleven to seven on a Saturday makes a lot of sense though, because mm-hmm. people, you know, that's like a it's almost like a morning market. It's almost yeah. like a market. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, intermediary farmers market kind of concept. Exactly. Just to fill the you know the the chunk of the day. I mean, um, I'll tell you like something that I think Beesney's has a lot of opportunity for with the vibe that it has and the people that it has is more stuff like that where kind of providing that market feel to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that people, I, th- I, th- I think it's awesome, but I think it's something people will like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious how frequently we can do it. This will be the kind of the kickoff see what of happens. this concept. Definitely want to do it in the spring again. Heck okay. yeah. And we'll see. And there's yeah. some other um, entities that want to do some 10th Street block parties too, which I think will be cool. So yep. if it's just a variety of things, you know, why not something every weekend? Right. You know, or as frequently as possible. The, m- the more, the better. You go Everywhere. to a lot of cities. That's a real thing. Is yeah, is they shut down streets and do street fairs yeah. all the time. You mm-hmm. know, in different neighborhoods. I, I would love to see that popping up on Eleventh Street or you know wherever anyone wants to do it. And and downtown is it's fortunate that we can do that because we're not a block system downtown. We are one street. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, and then you go to the businesses off that one street, so mm-hmm. it's easy to shut down. Mm-hmm. Definitely. A street off abroad. Definitely. Yeah, a side street, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing the first Friday things since, you know, the 90s, so it's, it's doable. Very cool. Well, um, I guess uh, I don't have any other questions. Mm. Um, yeah. I do like to ask if you have any um, do you have any kind of future plans, any future developments that uh, that maybe are in the back of your head or anything mm. like that. But well, I always have ideas. <laughs> there's, a, there's a million ideas. That's why you've been execute. around so long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to do a lot more things, but um, we'll just save that for if it <laughs> for happens. another podcast. Okay, all right. For for all another right. time. That's An- good. Another evolution. An update of Eric. He's like, y'all got to bring me back. For that. <laughs> oh, we right, will. Fine. We will. <laughs> we will. Yeah, there's cool things I want to do with bees. We'll see, but I just uh, yeah need things to kind of work the way they are now to mm-hmm. enable things to continue. Got for it. sure. For sure. Um, David, I've also talked a lot today. Would you like to ask the question? Oh, I know. always do it. All right, I'll ask. I feel bad. It's I crazy. always do it. It's crazy. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so uh, we've been asking this question for the history of the show, not 20 years, but three years. Right. Close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so what we like to get is kind of your personal testimony about the city and 
So the way we'll ask it is, you know, what does dropping the disc mean to you? Or when somebody comes up to you, says negative things, disses Augusta, right. what's your response to them? Um, you know, the drop the disc question is presented by Trainer Gray. Here at Trainer Gray Media, we are a full-service, award-winning marketing agency specializing in video production based right here in Augusta. We have experience at both the local and national level, partnering with businesses to bring their message to the forefront. Whether you need video, graphic design, digital or traditional advertising, web work, or creative services, we exist to help you tell your story. Ever since I moved here, it's always been Disgusta, mm. right? From, from the beginning, which is kind of kind of funny but um it's just because um you know people uh, a majority of people haven't invested in their city and they really just need to you know you you are where you are um and the thing that's always kept me here that kept me coming back when i left or traveled or whatever was always the people you know the community is solid and the connections you know the friendships you make are the cornerstone and always have been and continue to be. And it's still great people. And that's what that's what keeps me motivated and keeps me going. So, you know, it's just the, the community as a whole. And I just want the community to, you know, work more together. There should be as much collaboration as possible. You know, the restaurants should work together. That's why this thing on 10th Street, I think, is important to make that happen. Because it's not about who's doing what, you know, whatever. It's the more the merrier. 100%. So it's just the people. That's that's the bottom line. And and it's a cool downtown, you know, architecturally that is kind of was frozen in time. So yeah, it's yeah. very just very unique. Yeah, we're yeah. looking at the Lamar building right now. Yeah. Which it's hopefully is a couple years away from opening again. I've partied right. up there many a times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the penthouse is super cool. I hope that <laughs> the first time I party there, Eric Kinlaw is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I can't believe you we're lived here before Riverwatch Parkway that's, and before like that's I insane mean, for me to think yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, the amphitheater wasn't even built. Half like a quarter of River Riverwalk was done. It was very minimal. Uh, what was it like? There were wild like dogs. Trees, there like were packs of wild dogs <laughs> running around downtown. That's when I was. It's, it's like you're saying years. that, and I feel like you're being sarcastic, but in my mind, I'm like, he's. Not at all. <laughs> I think he's being serious. I'm, I think I'm, he's I'm, being he's serious. Kind of serious. Yes. Yeah. I'm not capable of lying. No. <laughs> I mean, the venues that he. The venues and businesses that you've had to witness open and close and also witness the, from the 2000s forward yeah. staying open closing it's got to be very uh depressing almost to see that happen but at the same time you've stayed here yeah yeah uh, you know nine out of ten businesses just don't make it yeah you know, that's just general rule so i've been fortunate enough to still be here um i have i have seen a lot of change and yeah it's been exciting you you kind of talked about how when you open bees knees you were partnered with your ex-wife right I'm curious, I, obviously you guys are no longer together. What made you want to keep running Bees Knees? I don't know. It was, it was, it was my first baby. You know, it was my, you know, I've, I've, I've started out as a musician and art and, you know, the Bees Knees was always an extension of my creation, my art. So I just wanted to try it one last time to see if it would work, really, to be honest with you. So Bees this, Knees 3.0. Yep, this is kind of it if this doesn't work i'll move on to something else third and, time's the and charm. that's fine i was an owner in sky city too with coco and jason and that that was a cool time too the nine years we had sky city was was pretty great that was a pretty great time yeah so um 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited what Grand Seed's doing for live music. Absolutely. Jeez. No yeah. I, I played there last Friday for the first show, and that was super fun. Were you so. in the metal show or the electronic show? The electronic show. The electronic yeah, show. Yeah, my new band's called Force Ghost. Okay. So. You guys have any stuff upcoming? Um. Yeah. We need to get you on a guest. Yeah. Do you have Rocks. any dates that we can uh, we can put uh, out for you? You know, for Force Ghost, no. But I'm playing with Sean Piazza, opening for Driving and Crying. Um, I I played with Sean for years too, and then Death Star at the Soul Bar for their 27 year anniversary. Okay. So yeah, I'm always going to keep playing music. I can't stop. And before we sign off, uh, can you tell everybody? What time you're open? How can we follow? Where can we follow yeah. you on Instagram or Facebook website? Website sure, sure. anything so people Personal can go ahead number. and uh, <laughs> stop listening to this episode and go check out Bees Knees. Yeah, beesneesaugusta.com, and that's also our Instagram. You know, the Bees Knees take on out the Facebook. Dot com. Yep, take out the dot com. Bees Knees Augusta. Uh, uh, yeah, that's. That's, and that's when are y'all open? Hours. We're expanding them soon. So soon will be um, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. Friday um, through Sunday, 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. And we hope to, to extend to night hours next year. Love that. Excellent. Well, we're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, thank you so much, man. Everybody has great things to say about you. Yes. Um, Augusta and, uh, loves you. It's it's really cool to finally have you on. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for asking me. He's an OG. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not literally. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave us a rating or review. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed to the show. We really, really appreciate you. We couldn't be doing this without you. And speaking of doing this, if you are listening to this episode the week of September 12th, we will be performing live performing is in quotes but we'll be recording a live podcast from the community stage at arts in the heart this weekend so we're going to be talking to local arts talent and promoters about the different things going on in the city we're really excited for it it'll be recorded live and released as an episode so lots to be excited about there and we've got some great people coming on the rest of this month as well so enjoy your week and we hope to see you this weekend